Welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm delighted to have Paul O'Callaghan back on the show with us, our globe-trotting Irishman who is freshly back from another trip from Europe. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Dougie. Um, maybe we'll, we'll call it Euro-trotting. Uh, Aye. For a <laughs> No, I'm not really globe-trotting as such. So, as such, yeah, like the old um, like the old Volvo F10 and 12 Euro-trotters. That's, <laughs> that's, still- that, that's what we're doing at the moment, yeah. You're still keeping busy. The last time you were on the podcast, it was right at the start of the year. You, you had been away at Christmas doing a trip into Europe. Um, so what have, what have you been up to since then? Because you've been out since um, Brexit happened. But obviously, with you being in Ireland, I'm not sure how much mm. that has affected you one way or the other. Yeah, very interesting. I'm just reading up some statistics lately and I see uh, you know a lot of the UK-Ireland traffic is down dramatically, you know, 50%. In a lot of cases, and I see the port of Rosslare, uh, which is down in, in the southeast of Ireland, that's up 500%. So they're obviously shipping a lot of stuff out directly, uh, either to Dunkirk in France, Cherbourg in France, or also Bilbao down in Spain. So it's it's uh, it's actually fascinating to see what's how the thing has changed. And I was thinking, if you look back even five years previous to now, and you had told someone that this is what it's go- what it's going to be like in terms of trucking and and international traffic, like no one would have believed you but just speaking from a personal point of view then um that that second trip i did in that uh that scania i was in over christmas at 7 30 i went out on uh a direct sail and out to Cherbourg again and that so that was you know avoiding not any, Dublin. no that well there is a dublin to Cherbourg sailing but the bulk of the of the sailings to Cherbourg from ireland go out of rosslare so yeah. Uh, yeah so it's quite quite funny when I, when I arrived down to rosslare um the amount of trucks that were just that had just kind of descended on the port because now you've got uh, you've got extra sailings you've got that Dunkirk one which was never there before and it's they hadn't seen anything like that in Rosslare for such an, a long time you know it's uh, it's it's a quite a nice little port in a sort of rural part of Ireland but it's the town itself or the village has become you know a little bit sort of um, suffered a bit in recent years you know not really getting much investment well, and uh, it's just, yeah so it's it's, it's, it's all about to change to see. for them um, oh yeah, everything's all... changing yeah. Uh, there's that enormous Stena ferry that's been diverted from somewhere else, and they've brought that over to run the service. Uh, so that's it's right, that yeah. Ireland direct to France and um, Spain. So how uh, how mm. are the how are these um, the ferries? Are, are the are you still getting your own cabin? Yeah, what's, what's still, happening still, with all that? Yeah, you still get your own cabin, Dougie. So um, absolutely no complaints there. Um, yeah, we were. You're on it for about roughly about uh, about eighteen hours. But uh, you know, you get your get dinner when you get on, and then you get breakfast in the morning, and then lunch before you get off. So you're 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 very well fed, and it's all what's free charge for drivers. What's the alternative to that? Sail across to Holyhead, or drive all the way up to Larne or something, and then cut across yeah, through the UK. Well, Is that the traditional alternative to the, that? The traditional alternative, yeah, would be either Dublin, Holyhead, Dublin, Liverpool, or uh, Rosslare, Pembroke, Rosslare, Fishguard, and then depends if you're if you're going to Spain, then you go down Portsmouth uh, across the Con, or the bulk of the traffic really would be heading down for uh, Dover, Calais. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's eighteen hours on the boat's not that doesn't sound too bad to me. Like, I mean, from my point of view, if I was doing that, I would be getting a laptop out and catching up with my freely yeah. disposing of my time. <laughs> that's it yeah well it's catch, for catching me, up on, on stuff you know that's um 
Yeah. Not I, since I, Craig I Larkson, really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's just kind of interesting. The trucks will will be doing a lot less kilometres now because they're on on direct boats. Um, what else? I think as well, it's 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 going to mean that so traditionally in Ireland, all the trucks that were doing the long distance work mm. were four by twos in in kind of line what with the European yeah. continental specific specification. And anyone that's running a six by two was running it purely just to get over the, the hurdle of going through the UK on, on yeah. drive axle weights. So it's kind of interesting now, you know, we won't, probably won't need those six by twos as much. It's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen there. Uh, well, I do I do wonder because I'd, I'd mentioned that um, previously that the, the UK and Europe, like the EU really do need to knock their heads together and get things sorted out. Everything was um, so last minute with that deal that they got. Mm. And mm. I do, the the previous deal, which I'd mentioned, I was speaking to Chris um, a few days ago, was that, you know, the, the other deal that was on the table would have left us in the customs union, which I think would have been a, a good thing for the, for the UK. But yeah. it, a lot of it is unsustainable and it's going to have to get reorganised one way or the other. But in some ways, what's happening for you guys in Ireland, things with these ferry services, it looks like there could be a permanent sort of fundamental change to the way companies operate. They're just going to go round the UK on the boats rather than cut across and through. And if the UK UK doesn't make it easy easy enough to do that, then so so be it. But it's good to hear that the ferry crossings seem pretty pretty civilised anyway. I'm guessing that there's there's not going to be many, well, hardly any private traffic on this. You're not going to get many cars or people travelling so much, I would have thought. Not as many, but it's hard to judge it at the moment, Dougie, because of the, the pandemic. And, you know, there's a lot less people um, mm-hmm. on the move unless, unless they really, really have to. So how it's going to play out when, when all the, you know, pandemic is over and people go back to normal. Oh, when it's the, over, The travelling yeah. be interest, interesting to see. And but actually, just when, we were, just when I was talking about the trucks there... Um, an interesting one as well is that Ireland would have imported a lot of second-hand cars from the mm. UK, which is going to be very, very uh, unappealing now because of the price. There's a lot more um, import duties and taxes and tariffs. So, uh, it's like you know, a friend of mine said yesterday, "That's that's there goes the end of my pretend shopping." You know, when you're looking at all these uh, nice cars and, and motorbikes in, in the UK. So, mo- with yeah. motorbikes, we can we can import those from from the continent, but. Uh, with cars, it's it's a bit different because of the whole left-hand drive thing. Oh, so, um, yeah, so it looks it like a, there's, a, there's a whole layer of... There's a whole extra layer because it did cost you money to import a car or a truck, for example, from the north of Ireland or the UK into mm, Ireland anyway. So there's mm, not a whole load of extra com- charges and tariffs. Commercial, yeah, com- commercial vehicles, not too bad, really, um, but it's just kind of private uh, private passenger ones, yeah. VRT, but now it's it's going to be everything's going to be a lot more expensive. So um, there was uh, an article came up recently, and it was uh, it was about what what about the possibility that um, Ireland w- becomes more in in line with the EU and we switch over to uh, to left hand drive vehicles and, and driving on the right hand side. But oh, I don't good think that's going to happen no, anytime soon. Gonna, I've seen yeah. the way that people uh, drive around Dublin. You know they can't oh, they, they can't use the inside line of the motorway. No, they don't mind driving no, on no, the opposite it's a, side of the road. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a struggle to uh, it's a struggle to drive correctly on the side of the road they're supposed to be on at the moment. Not to mention uh, bringing in. in that, uh, uh, I mean, speaking of cars, I've got a car question because I'm sure you sent me a, a picture somewhere. Um, do you own a Volkswagen Polo G40? Uh, 
Yes, Your Honour. <laughs> no, just quite an interesting, an interesting yeah. and unusual car. That that's um, yeah. There's not too many of them going about. Um, no, very very unusual uh, car. And the reason the reason I have that is my first car was uh, 17 years old. It was a Volkswagen Polo, one liter, 45 brake horsepower. So obviously that was you know when you were young and, and it, yeah and it was insurance and all these things of factors that we couldn't uh we couldn't get anything sort of much with a, with a much bigger capacity than that but no. that didn't deter that didn't deter me from putting the big exhaust on it and lowering it and doing absolutely not you know, i had a to, I had a 1.2 Nova. <laughs> you the one, well, you're in the big league. If you had a 1.2 Nova, you well, were 50, in 55 horsepower, yeah. But, I mean, the Polo 55. G40, you didn't have that mm. when I visited you in 2019, did you? I, uh, yes, I would have had. Yeah, I did, but it was probably parked away somewhere. The reason yeah, it, wasn't I, the, I, it wasn't at the house. Yeah. I've never, never seen it. So no, it's a standard. No. What's, the, what's the deal with it? It's 100%. So the deal with that car was actually, it came originally, it was a UK car. The, the G40s, there was... Very, very few. Like I'd say, at most a handful sold yes. new in Ireland. Uh, there weren't well, many like in the or, UK. One or two. The, in the UK, I thought there could have been maybe somewhere in the region of like five hundred. What probably would be mm. a lot for the for the UK, yeah. and, and a lot of, a lot would have went through hedges, and not very many left now. But that car. Um, the reason I bought a Dougie is you can get uh, vintage road tax. On a vehicle Sorry. over 20, 20 years old in Ireland. So when I was coming back from, well, once it's your oh, second, secondary sec, secondary vehicle, yeah, because as you know, road tax in Ireland is roughly about double what, what you pay over in the UK. Mm. So uh, that was it. And I was I was coming home from Australia, and I have you know motorbikes which which are you know pretty cheap to keep and, and run. But I was coming home a lot of times in winter time, and I just um, said, you know what, it's time to get something that I can jump into and hop around. In the, in the bad weather so that's it i just saw it coming up uh, for sale i was on a on a g40 forum and that one had been imported and the guy had it parked in the shed for for a fair while and um i bought it while i was in australia got someone else to look at that for me and uh yeah it's a it's a cracking little car they were very yeah. unusual you know they are. three uh, factory superchargers one i think they were 118 brake but they only weigh about 800 and i don't know 30 odd kilograms or that so they were in that Sort of hot hatch. Yeah, the proper, bombs, yeah. Uh, proper unusual. It's the only hot hatch I know that was supercharged. Um, That's apart right. from, yeah. of course, well, you got the. There was um, I don't G- know. They did the Golf as well, didn't they? But yeah, there was a uh, there was a Golf G Golf G sixty. And I think yeah, you got a Carrado with a supercharger on it as well. That's, that's correct. Yeah, the correct. Apparently, the the sixty comes from the the, the gap between the turbines and the in the supercharger, something to that effect. Whereas. There's a smaller one, forty mil one on the on the G forty. Um, anyone mm. with the knowledge of mechanics would probably be able to put that in in a in a far more uh, mm. manageable way to explain. But but that was it, Dougie. So it's 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 completely standard. Um, and it's actually having it with a guy at the moment, giving it a bit of a an overhaul. Um, there's a company in, in the UK actually are the only crowd that will rebuild the the superchargers, Java Sport. So I got a little timing belt for the for the supercharger just just to make sure it doesn't. It doesn't let go because I think if your supercharger lets go, that's it. You're 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 in big mm, trouble. More problematic. Throw it over. No, throw the car a... over the hedge. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's the the little G40, and I have a G a Mark V GTI as yeah, the daily driver. That. That's probably probably what. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I think for me, all cars are cars of kind of about you know from about 2010 onwards when stuff got too technical and you know touch screens and all these little, little bits and bobs i just like to have the three little knobs for doing your air, your air con and, and you know pull up mm. handbrake all the all the normal stuff so 
Absolutely. Sure, you feel yeah. the same. Look at your car collection. Well, I'm the, <laughs> my, my YouTube channel. Um, I, I think apparently I've broken the YouTube, broken through in the YouTube algorithm now because I've got like fifty thousand views of a video I put up last Sunday and twenty thousand views from one I put on two days ago. So I've like gone. All right, I you're think going I'm, well. I'm now officially like a like a, an influencer as well as a boring old oh. editor. But yeah, the reactions. I need to go and do a couple edit a couple more truck and driver videos together, and I'm going to have to learn how to do mm. editing on the laptop properly because I've just been stitching it all together in my phone. But it's really reignited. Well, doing that's really reignited my interest for cars as well as trucks. <laughs> Um, I, going back, the trucks you've been driving. So you were out in the seven thirty. Uh, so you've done two trips so far this year. Hmm. I did two. Yeah, I did. Well, I've done three now. I did one since three. that, but that was the second second one in that. Uh, that, that was a seven thirty uh, tag axle, which actually was, yeah, was a beautiful truck. Actually, very nice. Very an nice R seven thirty. Um, an older S, shape or an S S seven thirty. S S. S seven thirty, yeah, mm. yeah. It's all, it's all with the, with the new models. It's all S's. Very, very few R's. Although I was in Spain lately, and it seems to be the other way. When you go to the continent, yeah, you'll see you'll see an awful lot more R's oh, yeah. for some reason here. In Sweden, some reason, yeah. In uh, Scandinavia, mm. it's all R cabs Norway. as well. You know, that's right. Uh, that's... Yeah, which which is probably the only thing I will say. Uh, now I haven't been in in an R. You know, the, one of the, probably the best, um, the biggest advantage in the new ones over the older ones is that because because you do have that flat floor. Mm-hmm. You have actually a fridge. You have a massive fridge now. It goes all the way down to the floor. Whereas with the engine hump, you had this tiny little kind of a postage stamp size fridge in the Scania, and you were always knocking it on and off, mm-hmm. pulling you know the switch. So yeah, there is that, a massive fridge in them, and it's a great job. Yeah, that is the main difference between between the R series because you've got the engine hump. It does cut into the fridge a bit. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's but I think then, there's more options in the fridges now as well. Some Scania expert would stand to correct me on that, but I think I think you can have. <laughs> um, I think I think there's a variety of options you can have with the fridges, but um, I've I've mentioned that a few times before. I would rather have the R just to sit a bit closer to the ground. But when you're doing long haul yeah. European stuff, you're not jumping in and out the cab twenty times a day. No, and uh, there's a lot of lying around. A lot of time now is especially mm-hmm. with these. Um, like the boats are not going as often, you know, because they're the long boats. So you seem to be, you're waiting for boats, and you know, there's always like whatever 24 hour breaks. So you do actually spend a lot more, a lot of time sitting around, and probably the big cabs are pretty good. But one thing, just interesting, I know it's about the fridge. So with with the Scania bunk, you have to pull the you have to pull up a lever, sit on the bed, pull a lever, and the bunk slides out. So you uh, get extendable, kind of a, yeah, yeah, extendable, which. I'm not really a fan of because you seem to be always you can't fit a proper fitted sheet over the over the bed. It's all you're, you seem to be always making the bed in the in the morning mm. and you know in the, in the evening, nighttime. And then the other thing is is when you have the bed pulled out, you actually can't open the fridge. So the because the fridge slides out and you have to open the lid in it. So if you want to get ah. the drink out of the fridge at nighttime, you just slide the bed back in. So just just mucking around as usual. But anyway, it's, apart from that, yeah, but, you know fabulous truck probably won't get anything much more expensive on on the road than that not, but, uh, not unless that, you get not unless you get the chance of a 770 s um that's oh, only yeah. where you'll get excuse something me. something more yeah. exclusive than that yeah hitting the road here soon but um no what's one on that trip uh where did it go i had a uh, had about five or six I had deliveries kind of all around um just kind of france north and, and northwest of france and finished down in la rochelle kind of down towards towards Bordeaux and then um, back I took a load then from from Con back uh, 
back into where was I down down around Somerset. So that was my first time having come back, you know, yeah, into the UK bit. into the UK after Brexit. You'll sail into the UK no problem at all from the French side. The problem is getting out on mm. the British side and mm. all the problems of customs and the That's French right. are, the French you. are being difficult and people are getting their heads around all the variety of customs forms. If you want to go into Britain, not a problem. You know, you'll fly in. That's so right. have you been have you been getting a lot of coronavirus tests done? Uh well interestingly the last time I, when I came in through Calais, I had to I, get, I had to get one done. There was no choice. I had to, and mm. this time, you didn't have to get one done, but uh, you have to fill out this passenger locator form. Yeah, so they can so, find you if they, somebody does flag up that they've had it. Yeah, which is going to be pretty hard for a truck driver because you're in you're not you're in your truck anyway. And um, but I, I, so I, I thought it was being a bit clever. I looked up on the rules had changed. Say, say this was for, exa- for example, this was I don't know what it was like the twelfth of. January and I looked up and it said on the 8th of January the rules had changed and these were all the people who were exempt so when I got off like any time I got off in, in, in Dover no one ever asked for the passenger repair form no. it's just you know how many trucks go through that place it's just yeah, one yeah, yeah. out the gate so I just said but but Portsmouth anyone who's passed through Portsmouth know it's a completely different ball game like they really they really uh Go out of the way to hold up the freight coming out of the port. So you definitely be waiting there. They're for notorious for that. Uh, oh. Portsmouth. So, so anyway, I pulled up and uh, he opened the back doors. Well, sorry, I can't open the back doors because you've taken my keys with my passport. They want to take your keys with the passport <laughs> in case you in case you. So anyway, I give you the keys back and then passenger log. Ah, because I'm just going to drive off without my passport. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Just, uh, exactly. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even on a load there, but I'm still going to drive away anyway. So God. Anyway, uh, passenger locator form, and so I, I, I attempted to. Um, quote the updated rules to him which and i had it on my phone had a screenshot and he said yeah that's fine he says but that that just means you're exempt from quarantining but you still have to fill out the national locator form so anyway next i had to drive around to a little whatever another woman sat down and have just by the way you know you can be fine for this and read out this and that and Mm -hmm. um it's very unlikely you will be fine just saying you have to you know i filled it out and this and i said how how do you get on she says um she more or less yeah that's kind of not very fond of doing them, but has to do a lot of them. Yeah. And I said, what, what about the big fleets that, you know, they wouldn't speak English and how do they do them? So I think their, their, their bosses or, you know, the company might be doing them for, anyway, look, blah, blah, blah. Filled it out. And uh, what else then? What was the next thing? That wasn't too bad. Unloading Somerset up to somewhere up around, I was up around Derby maybe. And loaded back, load groupage back for Ireland. But when I loaded the groupage, I had to go to, normally just drive straight, load your groupage straight to the ferry. This time I had to go to Manchester to a forwarding agent because you know I'm leaving the I'm going into the into the European Union. Mm. Basically, I sat there for about three hours, reversed into a shed while they scanned various you know parts of the groupage off the trailer. That took about three hours, mm. and and God knows how many people were there involved in all that administration. So I was kind of just wondering like this, the cost of all this and and, and uh, how much things have been held up. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. When I got on the ferry, then I had to go on to the Irish customs some sort of an app, enter a number that I'd been given, then that gave me a green light so I could drive out of the port. In fairness, I had no problem, I drove, I drove out of the port. But actually, after I loaded, that's another thing, after I finished with the customs, which was, you know, at midnight or late, middle of the night, anyway, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11, I got a number off them, then I had to ring the office so they could use that number to make the ferry booking. You know, <laughs> or like the, tra- it's just, I don't know. Uh, like, a lot of a how, lot of complexity oh. to it. I think um, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get so, to get sorted out. And you you do 
you do wonder if what it's going to take to get it sorted out because there were fears that supermarket shelves are going to start being empty in Northern Ireland and there were photos mm. of um, some of the ferries coming across and it's literally like two trucks on them because there's no freight right, moving yeah. between here and there. Well, so it's... The, prob- the problem now is that uh, Irish companies, so we're doing, they're doing the exports more or less a, a kind of as normal. I think if you're doing a full load, it's, 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 not, it's not too bad, but if you're doing a groupage load... And, Groupage can, dot, can be that, difficult. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. But the problem is they're not getting the trailers back in mm-hmm. time. So like they're they're uh, they're bringing empty trailers back from from the UK back back into Ireland. So um, that's that's not sustainable either. But um, that anyway, that was thankfully that Dougie, that was my only ex- experience of having to deal with that. The next trip I did, I was I got the direct ferry from Ireland right down to Spain. So I think we were on that for about 32 hours. That, that's wow, quite long. that's a fair old time. Ooh, it's, it's a fair old hike. Is there like Breaking a lot cards. of the, what are the, what are the coronavirus restrictions like in place? And there, can you like sit at a table with some other drivers and yeah. have a coffee or a beer or yeah. talk to yeah. people? You're all right to do that. You sure can. You sure can. Yeah, you just have to have a mask when, on when you when you walk around the walk around mm. the ship, and you know they have little places where you can excuse me stand when you're waiting to get your meal and. And all that kind of thing, but no, you can sit down and, and have a few beers as normal. That's fine. But um, oh, did, uh, sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Yeah, kind it's, of, kind it, of it, any it's nice. All, just now. Although on the way home, it wasn't so wonderful. We we um, we were actually on the ferry in total for thirty eight hours because when we when we boarded in uh, in Bilbao, they didn't uh, they didn't leave. So we boarded would say six o'clock in the evening. They didn't leave until the next morning because the weather was so rough. And once we got out into that bay, once we got out in, onto that bay of Biscay, I tell you, I didn't leave. I didn't leave the cabin for about twenty four hours. I was just lying, lying down all the time, horizontal. Missed all the meals, and uh, it's uh, really rough, rocking your boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, look, I had a, had a cabin to myself, and no matter how bad it was, Dougie, I just was thinking about what it must have been like to be sitting on the side of the M twenty or involved in Manston. Oh, I, you know, at least you knew you were. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been yeah. one of the stuff. What was it? Was what was the weather like and everyone? What was the kind of overall? Yeah. What was overall well, picture in France and Spain? What were, what were the roads well, like and the people like and things? Because I've not heard so much about what um, what measures are in place in 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 European countries at the moment because we're like really heavily um, restricted in the UK. Although yeah, a lot of people are back at work now, partly because some people have got no choice because their companies have opened back up again and marked themselves in as, as essential. And there's another theory that a lot of people don't want to be homeschooling their kids, so they've marked them up as essential so they can go to work. <laughs> All right, <laughs> okay. It's quite funny because in I noticed in Spain, uh, I was somewhere around Burgos there between Madrid, um, kind of sort of between Madrid and Burgos there anyway, and mm-hmm. I was able to go in, go in and sit down. Once I was a truck driver, I was able to go down, go into the restaurant and, and sit down and get a proper full meal. But yet, when I went down to Murcia, where I was down there loading loading vegetables, and uh, the restaurants down there had been closed, so it's like different kind of restrictions in different regional areas. But um, the you probably saw on the news that Spain had had gotten quite a lot of snow, so which was about a week. Yes, previous I saw the snow I uh, in Madrid, and people out fascinated yes. by it. It's been there was so, a lot of snow. Now the roads had been cleared; it, the snow had stopped. Good few days previous to my arrival, but there was a lot of snow piled up. You could see where it had been shoved up and, and parked outside the beach. For, for all the snow that they get, you think they would probably be like firing up old Pegaso gritters and snow plows that hadn't been used for like thirty years. 
Yeah, well, well, they're pretty well prepared up around the mountains, up around the summer here, and uh, <laughs> maybe down around Madrid they wouldn't be so used to it. But uh, it was funny where I parked uh, outside my first drop. It was a big, big supermarket distribution place, and typical Spain. They've got a big wide kind of like a little dual carriage which runs all around. So you, the industrial said you have loads of place to park, but um, there was quite a lot of snow piled up, and you could see like you know crone trailer mud guards and a little bit of a daft mud guard here so i'm, I'm sure oh, there was a few boys got in got into oh, the handling yeah they wouldn't be used to the the snow at all yeah I mean, but if <laughs> yeah it froze pretty hard actually that night so i knew uh, i just kind of was a bit careful like before i went to bed i just moved up back and forward so i knew i was going to get out in the morning but uh what the thing that surprised me as well was all the way down as far as um, that's a, that's a decent with, tip that if you're sitting in snow before you go to bed at night you go and just so you didn't like sink what? in it well, yeah, I just wanted to see, you know, I said at least, you know, before it froze too hard, I could have dealt with it there um, that, at the time. But I went a fair way south. I was surprised how, how long the snow, how far down it went, down to Albacete. I don't know if they'd ever get snow down there. Yeah. And uh, well, it was quite nice just driving, driving along on the National Road, just those big kind of vast, wide open plains, just white. It was, quite, it was actually a pretty, pretty enjoyable drive. And then just in stark contrast to that, when I got down to Murcia, which is down south of Alicante, that's um, near uh, Cartagena. It was just beautiful weather, about 18 degrees the next day, just go around mm. in your T-shirt and um, just fantastic. You know, you could just stay down there. So I, I spent an evening then just going around to all those pack houses, you know, where I was loading broccoli and um, lettuce, all that kind of thing, celery. They all start working in the evening time. So um, massive amount of pack mm. houses down there, massive amount of trucks and uh, just very, very enjoyable now. Ah, oh, good stuff. I know it has been, it's been a notably cold start to the year in, in Scotland. I mean, we've had it, there's snow on the ground, ground outside here, and it's been there for like a week. It's just not melting or going anywhere at all, yeah. which is um, you know, it, it's been causing a bit of difficulty on the, the roads, net, the road networks, and networks and things. Um, I'm hoping you know at least the nights are getting a little bit brighter, and we're you know by the time March comes along, I'm kind of hoping that. Um, a reasonable amount of people will um, be vaccinated, and we'll start to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel with it, with right. everything. You know, that's because uh, when that's there, right. there's there's a lot of shows on the calendar for the summer, but I know that I know for a fact a lot of them are going to fall by the wayside. They're not all going to be able to go ahead, but I'm hoping that there's just there's at least some things you know that we can get a bit of uh, drivers can get a bit of respite and go and enjoy themselves over a weekend. Enjoy. You know? And something to look forward to. I just have um, just as as a little aside here. Uh, I just sent you mm-hmm. sent you an update there, and um, it, for the next trucking driver, we... yes, thank you for that. We've got um, the one yeah. that come, the one that's about to come. Well, it'll just have come out when this publishes. Has got um, the final part of your um, uh, got beef trilogy, where you're out in the left hand drive. Scania R five eighty, the one that's coming. Are you sure that's not a little little spin down to Paris in an R five sixty? Wait a minute. The beef beef one is finished. The beef one is concluded. <laughs> Finally, the trilogy. The, the, the trilogy. The beef trilogy is concluded. That is correct, yeah, and we are yeah, going. Yeah. We've now got you out Couldn't. going a spin round by Paris again, and something happened. Uh, yeah, where you you told the guy um, your truck wasn't a helicopter to security guards. So it's a good, interesting story that. But sure to uh, read well, up on that when people, it comes out. Hopefully, you know? people will like it. Have I, I don't. 
Yeah. So that's interesting you picked up that old copy of Truck and Driver there because there is something exciting on the horizon, well, really exciting on the horizon for Truck and Driver because a reader got in touch and he is donating every single issue of Truck and Driver from issue one plus every issue of Truck Magazine to me because his late dad read the magazine from right from the beginning and he kept them all and he was clearing the house out and he said, would these be of any use to you? Because I'd just like to see them go to good use. And I said, yes, I would be delighted to take them off your hands because I don't have an archive for Truck and Driver any further back than about Mm. 2016. There is an archive, but it's buried in a self-storage unit somewhere in Sutton near London, which has got no lights in it and you need keys to get into it. And it's just, it's completely, it's no good at all. So this Friday... Uh, I am meeting the meeting the chap, the gentleman, yep, um, and he is going to pass me over the magazine so I can go and set up an archive in the office. So we can go and yeah, we can go and look back and do so much with this archive material. It would be interesting to go through some of these old issues because um, if you've got a stack of them there, we could pick some out and just go and describe some of them back to the readers. Is there a is there a Shaba in that issue, or is that before then? Uh, Shaba, (laughs) I'm not sure if he's in it. I have to have to go back and have a look through it. But the thing to remember for us of a a certain age is that you know in the pre-internet days, this was all we had. And if you're like me and you're just fascinated with trucks but you didn't have any trucks around the house or nobody belonged to you had a trucks or mm-hmm. it was your only real contact and way of kind of getting your fix, so to speak, was mm-hmm. waiting for the magazine. So I used to buy whatever truck magazine would, would come into the into the local news agents. But uh, yeah, maybe in the future, if people are interested, we could, um, I remember like the first, kind of, I started buying them around 1990. What I have just in front of me here was, there was three special editions and I think there were, there's no date in front of them, but I'm pretty sure there were 1992 Special edition and then there's special edition two and three. And number special edition number one had Ivan Keepings Ivan Keepings holding I think it was a forty three fifty on the front of it. Do you remember that? No. Uh, I uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it had a poster of that as well. And then the next one, the next edition two was um John M. Phillips, the Royal Centurion. Oh well quite a, quite I would like to do well I mean we did do we did do a couple of special issues. Uh, well, we've done a few since I've taken over as editor. We did like a British special. We've done the V8 issue. We did the uh, bumper issue yeah. there, which had the extra 32 pages in it. And I'm trying to work out that I would like to do a couple of specials for 2021, but as it stands at the moment, I'm just wary of getting material shot over the next couple of months. So I'm not looking any further forward True. than the next couple of issues just to make sure that it's full of really strong truck yeah. content we've got of the course. next issue i'm really pleased with and um, because that, that that'll be on sale by the time this podcast comes out and it's got your volvo fh16 feature in it very good let's go to here uh, get the old fh16s got, a bit yeah, of uh, the, a bit of airplay uh, that's in there there's a lot there's a lot of six cylinder trucks in the issue and i'd mentioned it in one of the previous podcasts the tagline for the issue is the joy of six so we've got loads of six cylinder, six cylinder trucks so i would like that's to good. do uh, I would like to do a special sort of thing, but it takes a little bit of time to go and accumulate the specific content that we need. So um, I'll I'll have a think and I'll come up with something just as soon as Easter and the warmer weather rolls round. You know, there's going to be an absolute yes. blitz on getting stuff photographed and material coming, and it's going to be such a yeah. busy 
busy time. Um, I'm going to yeah. try and I've oh, got a few good. jobs to do locally to photograph, but I'm not going that far afield at the moment. Um, no, that's that's right. No, um, nobody really is. But I think I just sent you one. I think you probably got it there. It's an Irish, another Irish uh, operator that um, he's got a fairly yeah. smart fleet of Volvos and a few Dats, and he just bought an S520 lately. Oh, brilliant! Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you just, just have a look in your, the, your, um, your inbox there. Yeah, they're um, they're very 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 smart looking trucks, very distinctive colours. So I think that'll be that'll be an interesting one as well, Dougie. So how long, how much time are you taking off now um, before you head back out again? What's your plans uh, driving wise? Are you just waiting for the phone to ring? Well, yeah, I've probably just um, had a kind of a had a lot of stuff that just I let pile up and put on the long finger. So a couple of I'm actually going to drive for CPC tomorrow. Woohoo! And ah. another driver driver CPC on Saturday, mm-hmm. and my license has just expired, so it's. Uh, no, I did exactly the same thing. My driver's CPC bloody expired in December as well, and my tachograph card yeah. as well. So I was like, "Fuck, fuck, yeah, what a yeah. bloody I'm, use I am! Can I can't drive I've anything?" Got, yeah. Which CPC? I've got. Is in Ireland that your CPC course is different? I think you can only do. Is there not a limited amount of course? You don't have as much variety as we do, do you? I don't know. To be honest, it's just all I know is I have to do five, and if I'm if I do two more. Apparently, I'm up to date and I'm going to get a new card or apply for a new card. But the card should come automatically, I think. Um, it should just yeah, pop through. Oh, exactly, the yeah. Something. So I've, I started, I was putting those in the long fingers. You know, I just better do those. And the license expired. In order to apply for the license, I need to get a thing called a social services card. In order to get a social services card, I have to make an appointment. Went to try and make an appointment with them, and they're, they're not doing appointments because of COVID 19. Oh, so, me, but yeah. no, they said come back. So, but it's only, it's, it, it's across the road here. I'm going to go back. Go back. Look, call back in Wednesday. So anyway, that's kind of it for the media. A few other bits and pieces. Good, to do, Dougie. So I'll good opportunity to get actually... some some stuff done for truck and driver. Then, eh? good now, stuff. You, now you said it. Yeah, now you said it. That's it. That's it. So um, I don't really. Yeah, that's. I have a couple of. I have a few of. A, have a. I did a thing. History. History of Road Trends Australia. For you there, part one and two. Oh. So um, the green, the green and white day is Fantastic. up until the blue and yellow day. So I've got that. Got that. Just about ready to send off. And um, cool. Well, what we really can do as well is I'm picking up this um, truck and driver archive on Friday, uh, and I'm, mm. I'm try- I don't, I can't even visualise how much the, how much it's going to be. I'd better take the Omega because it's an estate to go and fit it all in the boot of the car, and I'm going to take it to East Kilbride. So why don't we pick out? A, 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 why don't we pick out a classic issue of truck and driver? Pick one out. And we'll go and deep dive yeah. it. We'll go into an issue and we'll go through the issue and describe Lovely. it in great we'll, detail to our listeners. We'll try and, try and start off at the... Um, Unless we've got loads of emails goes, saying don't do that. But, you know, well, tough. We're going to do it anyway because we want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, at the end of the day, it's... I think that'll be quite about, interesting. I think that'll be quite about, interesting. Talking about, talking about trucks and, and uh, a lot of people will, will, will remember them and look back with a bit of nostalgia and... Um, you know, back then there was some. I don't like a lot of the, there was some cracking photographs taken, and that that's kind of what we all aspire to. Uh, just the last one I'm going to ma- mention is uh, it was also it was number number three of the special edition was Mark McGuire's Volvo F16 uh-huh. Ambassador that was on the cover of it, and that was um, I don't even know who what shot the, was that? the photographs for that. That well, see, this is, there's no date. It was from, it was from 1992. Right. So and, is it like a, is it like an issue was, with three different covers on it, or is it three different magazines? 
it's three different it's three different magazines and I I I just had a quick look when I picked them up and I think it might have been do you remember you had Truck and Driver then it was incorporated into Truck and I think this may have been when it just oh. became incorporated from Truck and went back out on its own again so it's quite unusual that it doesn't have um yeah it doesn't have oh, date awesome. on the front of it but the cover yeah the cover story Mark McGuire and his family firm's F16 ambassador the only one in the UK although um Unitruck had another one as well but there was actually two ambassadors and a Monte Carlo oh. but that's for, that's all for another another day yeah no thanks very much for your time um I hope you enjoy your driver CPC classes I hope that um <laughs> are you doing well, them online I take it you're doing them online oh no no she's that'd be way too handy no god no I have to I have to go and do these no you can't you can't do them on them if, if oh, can you not do them online or... right because no. I, I did my so, I did my whole ADR online week before last. That's what got me my twenty one hours that I needed to get. I, well, okay. I actually only needed fourteen hours, so uh, that's what got me over okay. the over the thirty five. I did well, the ADR online. So you in a classroom? Oh, uh, good man. Yeah, yeah. So I have one at half three tomorrow. It's an evening one in Dublin, and then I have one in, over in Mullingar on, on Saturday. But no, you have to attend. There's there's no other way. So right. Oh, that's no, well, no, definitely I, okay. Don't didn't look. Uh, I kind of half. Consider doing the ADR one because, or the ADR license because um, there's a lot of, Ireland exports a lot of Coca-Cola, which goes to some pretty nice destinations down in the south of Spain and that, you know, Coca-Cola, concentrate, say that again. And, um, yeah. Well, but in order to it, ADR, it's, it's, it's no, it's, but it's just, it's time consuming. I think you have to do three days and then, and then a couple of weeks later, go back and do another day. No, so, no, that's, that's the, just, that's the operator CPC. If you did the ADR online, you would do, well, the way that I did it, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, was um, it, that covered everything, including packages? I opted not to do tanks okay. this time because there's just no possibility I'm going to be driving a tanker. It's as simple as that. So I took the Thursday, <laughs> I took the Thursday off and went back and worked in truck and driver. Right. And then on the Friday, I went okay. in to do my exams. And there's a little bit of work. You need to take a lot of notes and you need to do some revision and things. But okay. it's not, it's I, not bad at all. All the where... questions. Other questions are multiple choice as well. So you're just sitting banging okay. going A, B, C or D. It's all like choose choose from these four options. So it's not it's not hard anybody. I mean, for the likes of you, you would pass that no problem at all. Anybody who's listening who's got half a brain, it is a good way to get CPC hours because you also get a qualification at the end of it. On the other hand, it is okay. expensive. It's more expensive than mm. doing CPC courses. It's because um, mm. you've got to pay for the exams and the so there is that yeah, but I wasn't I, I wasn't hoping, aware you could do it do it online and I'm not sure if you can do that here because what we'll have to what maybe it's different here, in Ireland but no ADR so definitely what some guys here have been doing is well anyone that I talk, speak to recommends going up to Armagh which is in the north mm-hmm. uh, over the border go and do it there it's apparently a lot easier and a lot simpler but ah. Anyway, well, that just about covers it, doesn't it? Right, well, no, no, we'll go for we'll go for that then. We'll, we'll round that off at that. And if you're not going anywhere for a while, I'll give you a shout at the weekend because I've got all those trucking drivers and trucks coming. So pick out an issue, and we'll go and like deep dive it. We'll just go through it from front to back and talk about all the stuff that's in Sound. it. Sound and make a podcast out of that and see if it works there you go yeah let's do it okay well thanks very much Paul lovely to have you back on I will catch up with you again soon pleasure Dougie talk to you soon cheers bye bye thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100% for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine which publishes on the last Friday of every month 
the Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.